Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Simple Theology Podcast, a podcast that connects theology with everyday life. Everyday life. Everyday life. I'm Robert Kane. And I'm Rick Rumlick. And today we are talking about the popular topic, thanks to John MacArthur, of civil disobedience. We're going to get into a little bit of his article as well as a responding article that just helps us think a little bit more through that from Jonathan Lehman. Yeah. Um, all that is exciting. We're going to talk about how the church should respond to hard things, what scripture to say about these things. But more importantly than all those things, we're going to listen and hear about Rob's walk-up song Stop. in baseball. So you definitely want to tune in to this. Hope you enjoy the conversation. How you doing, man? How you doing? How you doing? I'm doing good. Good. Um, I see you typing in the notes. Mm-hmm. It makes me think that you're, we're not ready. No, we are ready. We are ready. I mean, are you ready? We're as ready as we've, Let's we've always ready been. Let's get ready to rumble. Did you love that song? Hey, when you, when you played baseball, did you have a walk-up song? Yes, I did. What was it? Um, It was... Because we didn't have walk-ups. I wish we had walk-up songs in high school. That'd be cool. But it wasn't until college that we got to choose one. But mine was Hollow Notes. Okay. You make my dreams come true. <laughs> you make, make my, my dreams come true. true. <laughs> um, were there any contenders? Or was that just like a clear, that's my walk-up So I, I wanted to do, it was either that or um, there were probably like two other contenders. One was um, just kind of like a pump-up song. Mm-hmm. And another one was a Christian song. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad I chose the one I did. Yeah, you don't want to represent Christ. I yeah, get exactly. It. No, um, because the the Christian song, I would have done it just purely out of um, I want people to know I'm a Christian. Period. Like, and I think you correct and, me if I'm wrong. And on this. There's nothing wrong with that. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. But you you wanted to play. I can only imagine, right? I don't think so. That's what I you think said. It would have been you I can only imagine. No, I don't think it's okay. That was a complete joke when oh, you walked okay. into it. Dang. <laughs> I, was, I hope I, can that you wasn't imagine it. that can you imagine uh, that i can only imagine what that would have been like um but no i i chose the song that i did because my personality mm-hmm. is i just operate better and perform better mm-hmm. if i'm at ease chilling out if i'm like i don't know no if, tension. I, if, I'm, if i'm angry about something yeah. like a pump-up song would get me angry i'm just not going to do as well if, yeah. I, if i feel like i'm like super under the gun or something like that yeah. My work just isn't going to be as good, like and it was the same thing with baseball. And, like, mm-hmm. if I'm if I'm relaxed up at the plate, then chances of me making good contact is just better for whatever reason. So, Rocky. yeah, I chose Hollow Notes. You make my dreams come true because go. that that tune makes that me very true. happy. So when when you is it my dreams that make? No, it's it's you, you. that make my yeah. dreams come true. Okay, I want to make sure we have that. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So do you feel relaxed now? We're here I working. Do. My doing dreams are coming true. Stuff. You mm-hmm. feel relaxed? No pressure. Yeah, I feel no, under good. the gun. Feel good. Have two um, cups of coffee. Gonna get a third one here in a little bit. But do you ever feel like things that well up? You're like, man, I just can't take this anymore. I'm, I'm out. Uh, and things not, are like drive you crazy. Yeah, not since COVID. You know, COVID. Yeah. Uh, I, I suddenly feel like I can't handle this anymore. So, do you have any desire to like? civilly disobey anything i, I definitely <laughs> think i'm going to be civilly disobey <laughs> right. that was a choppy well, transition what, but what are we what? talking about today 
We're talking about walk-up songs. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, I see. <laughs> no, we're talking about, as you know, from the title, Civil Disobedience. Um, and just in case anyone was worried about my statement about being fed up, being ready to call it quits, I'm actually just, that was purely for the show, guys. I'm doing okay. Wish code Rob's would be over. Throwing us a bone You don't here. have to worry about my mental health. <laughs> Things are going all right. Would, yeah, would nice you be practicing any civil disobedience any time in the near future? Uh, I I hope I don't have to. But you're open to the but option. I'm open to the option. <laughs> okay. Well, there's no doubt that COVID-19 has changed everyone's, uh, just their day-to-day life, how things function, and that has definitely been felt by the church. Um, and in this season where it's now been six months of things being shut down, and some states reopened to be shut down again, and this different kind of fluid situation we find ourselves in, some churches are beginning to practice um, civil disobedience. And they're saying, hey, we we." We, we disagree with the state on this or the authorities on this, and we are going to go ahead and practice our faith as we're committed to um, and kind of stop listening to those authorities. Okay, so for, for the listeners, mm-hmm. um, could you give a brief definition as to what civil disobedience is? Well, I would like to let Merriam and Webster do that for me. I've heard of those two folks, mm. um, good folks, good That's people. Right. Mm. Salt good to the souls. earth. Salt to the earth. Brilliant people, actually. <laughs> They're good people. Marion uh, and Webster. Civil disobedience, their definition is refusal to obey governmental demands or commands, especially as a nonviolent and usually collective means of forcing concessions from the government. All right? So this is when something is happening and you're saying, hey, we don't agree with that and we're not going to go along with that. So we're going to civilly, nonviolently, um, Oppose that. We're not going to be obedient, and this usually takes the form of some kind of collective action, meaning more than just one person. This is there are multiple peoples. Um, sometimes it's an example is like one person, like Rosa Parks, right? She was civil. She was practicing civil disobedience when she decided she was not going to go and sit in the back of the bus. Mm-hmm. She stayed breaking the the laws in uh, the state of Alabama, and she was practicing civil disobedience. We see this. Again, with the sit-ins through the South, where, where African-Americans, black people would come and sit in, quote-unquote, white-only diners and had to be drug out by police or authorities or, or even sometimes the patrons themselves to say, hey, we're not here to create violence. We're not here to be violent anyway. We're not here to, to hurt anyone, but we're simply saying we disagree with that. And, and you, you, the authority, you, the government, need to recognize that and respond. Um, we've seen this with hunger strikes. We, see, we saw this with... Uh, Muhammad well, Gandhi, like he was, he practiced a lot of nonviolent civil disobedience. Martin Luther King Jr. again with the civil rights movement. So, so this isn't a new idea, but it is kind of new for churches in the 21st century. So, just quick clarification: the hunger strike, they wouldn't actually be breaking any laws there, right? They're just well, so say I'm not, I'm not going to eat for a while. Right, right. So, in that sense, they're not, they're, they're not disobeying. Like, hey, the government is forcing us to eat, but they're saying we're no longer functioning in the realm of of society as as okay. the collective has desired us to. Okay, okay. So, um, w- would you put Colin Kaepernick under this category, or would you say it yeah. was okay? Yeah, I mean, again, that, he's not breaking any laws, but there's a, there's a exactly. pattern of society, and he's he's breaking that pattern. Breaking the pattern of society. Right, yep, and, yep, and so that we makes see sense. this use right like we see this for all kinds of different causes some are right and some are wrong um you know protests just naturally um people have the right to assemble and protest sometimes those can become forms of civil disobedience Mm -hmm. um rioting 
is not a form of civil disobedience. Yeah. That's uncivil disobedience. So that would not be in this category. But there's they're hoping to get a similar result, and that is change. Yeah. Different, very, very different means of change, but nonetheless, they're trying to bring about change. So here we are. You know, it's 2020. Churches are trying to function. I think the vast, vast, vast majority of churches have said, hey, you know, early in the spring, COVID, we don't know much about it. It's a threat. Uh, the health authorities and the government are saying, hey, everyone kind of quarantine, shut down for a while. Again, almost all churches comply, not all of them, but almost all of them comply. Say, so, hey, we want to we want to honor our leaders. We want to be a good witness to our neighbors, and we want to just protect people's health. Yeah, a way and, to love our neighbors. Yeah. Right. And as um, things have persisted, there have been more people have found more and more reason to say, you know what, I don't think I agree, and I don't think this is right. But we're going to get into that for a minute. I want to just focus a little bit more on civil disobedience and um, just what what Scripture has to say about it. Yeah. So so basically, what what a lot of people would argue is that. Romans 13, 1 Peter 2, they talk about obeying your leaders. Mm -hmm. So if the leaders are saying this is what we're asking churches to do, does that does that mean that we should simply obey them all the time? Or is there some room there? How should we think yeah. about that in light of Romans 13 and in light of 1 Peter 2? Yeah, because these passages, they do. They, they tell us to honor the, the emperor, honor the leaders, those that put an authority Which, above I us. Mean, we, you mentioned last episode that your church and ours had gone through first Peter. Mm -hmm. But it it's really fascinating to think about Peter's talking about honor the emperor. And at that time, historians, commentators believe that that was Emperor Nero, mm -hmm. who was brutally violent towards Christians. Yeah. And so he wasn't just saying like, hey, don't, don't meet together. He was literally like on a killing spree mm -hmm. with Christians. Yeah. Yeah. Peter was writing to a very persecuted uh, group of people. And so I, I do think that you have to understand the context of these passages. What's the message? However, what, what Peter isn't saying is he's not saying, do whatever the emperor tells you to do. right? He's not yep. saying, be fully submissive to the emperor over and above the Lord, Jesus Christ. Similar, Same thing in Romans 13, honor those who are in authority, but, but know that over them is the Lord. And he's the one who, who actually... Uh, provides the positions of authority, right? So we see in Daniel 6 with Daniel and Lion's Den, we see um, where Daniel was a man of the Lord. He, he prayed, and then, you know, they didn't, the, um, I'm trying to think of the, the three. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? No, those, those are the guys, so they practice civil disobedience yeah. with saying, hey, you know what, we're not going to worship, throw us in the fire, you know, we believe our Lord will save us. If he doesn't, like to him be the glory, we're not gonna mm -hmm. we're not gonna bow to you. Um, but with Daniel, there, you know, he was put in a place of authority, and they were men under him who were his peers. I can't think of their, their name or the titles. Okay. And they obviously did not like that, so they go to the king and they say, "Hey, I think you know we need to we need to to get this guy." Well, they don't say the king. Let's get rid of Daniel. Yeah. They say, you know, there's people in your kingdom, Darius, who are not worshiping you. Like, you should make an edict that makes them have to worship you. And King Darius like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Let's do that. Not realizing that his right-hand man, his second-in-command, who he, he valued greatly, was one of those people. Hmm. So the so Dar King Darius issues a command saying, anyone who doesn't worship me must die or be thrown in the lion's den. Comes to find out Daniel doesn't worship the king, worships God. And so Daniel, at that moment, is is practicing civil disobedience. He's saying, listen... I'm sorry, but I cannot 
be obedient to what you're saying. I have to be obedient to the Lord. Um, so this is what, that's another example of civil disobedience. We yep. see in, in the New Testament, sorry. No, 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 I was going to say, do we only see it in the Old Testament? So mm, in mm, the New Testament. what you're doing. Keep going. Right. Acts 4 and 5 with Peter and John, they're defying the Jewish rulers by preaching and proclaiming yep. the gospel and saying, listen, like they get put in prison for this, but they come out and they keep doing it. Why? Because their ultimate authority is God. It's yeah. not the, the immediate authorities. Now, in Daniel, in Acts, and throughout other parts of Scripture, Christians, uh, believers, followers of God were respectful. They weren't, you know, when they're functioning well, when they're practicing true civil disobedience, they're, they're being respectful. They're not saying, you know, they're not trying to destroy anything. They're being respectful. And they're saying, listen, we're going to keep practicing this because this is what God has commanded us to do. Yeah. And as Christians, that's how that works. Our, our desire is yes to honor our mayors and our, our county commissioners and our governors and our, our president, our legislators, all those things. But our ultimate um, allegiance is to Christ. And so when the question is, is it biblical? I would have to say it is. Because to say you're never going to practice civil dis- disobedience or you're, or it's unbiblical means that you're going to have to you're going to submit to whatever authority is immediately above you, yeah. whatever institution that is not the Lord. Yeah, I, I think of um, Acts four nineteen, mm-hmm. which you you mentioned Acts four yep. and five, but it's Peter and John and their um, the authorities over them, the immediate authorities say like, "Hey, you need to stop preaching this gospel," and mm-hmm. uh, their response is whether it's right in the sight of God for us to listen to you rather than to God, you decide. So they're essentially saying mm-hmm. like, "Hey, look, you decide." Should we listen to the creator of the universe, the creator of all things, the one who puts breath in our lungs, the one who sustains us, or should we listen to you? Which one do you think would be the better decision for us? And so they leave there, and obviously they continue to share the gospel. And it's, this is what Christ has called us to. Um, and so we see this acting out with Christians all over the world, right? A lot of Christians in Asia and in the Middle East are in underground churches because they can't uh, legally gather in large numbers. So they have small churches or they have underground churches. So they're practicing civil disobedience. Um, we see this throughout church history. You know, When the Reformation started 502 years ago, when Martin Luther nailed the 95 Theses on the church door at Wittenberg— he was practicing civil disobedience. Mm-hmm. That began a movement of— and, and many, 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 hundreds of people paid— for the Reformation with their lives. Yeah. They believed in what they're doing. And so their civil disobedience does come at great cost. It's not something that we can just begin to practice and there's no repercussions. So we need to be wise about the repercussions that will come. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, yeah, it's difficult. Okay, so recently, mm-hmm. there have been some examples yes. of um, civil disobedience in our society. Yes. What would be some that you would throw out there? Well, you mentioned one with Colin Kaepernick kneeling. Yep. And we see this becoming much more popular with athletes. Now, It if you stand for the anthem, usually at national or professional sporting events, like you are the odd one out and yeah. a lot of media and people come after you. And, and that's a whole other conversation, but that's a way people practice civil disobedience almost both ways, right? So mm-hmm. they're practicing civil disobedience because they're kneeling in what historically has been the cultural norm of you stand and you respect a flag, not because of the flag, say, but what it represents, right, yeah, our nation. Yeah. Um, but now in a kind of a subculture kind of way, those who are standing are now socially pressed, 
practicing civil disobedience because they're saying we're not going to follow the norm. Mm-hmm. And we, be, you know, we're we're kind of defying the, the norm and the, the cultural pressure, to, and we're saying something else. We're, we're making a statement. So that's one way. Um, I think with with COVID breaking out, we we see people who are saying, "Hey, I'm I'm not wearing masks." Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's a way, right or wrong. That that's a practice. In Ohio, it's mandated if you're in public and you're you're at inside a building and you can't social distance, or even if you can, you're you're you need to you're required to wear a mask. Yeah. Um. So that's one way people practice civil disobedience. But the the thing we want to talk about today, which maybe people have heard of this, maybe they haven't, but uh, Grace Community Church in Los Angeles, California. This is where John MacArthur, Dr. John MacArthur, pastors and preaches. Young, um, up and coming pastor. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see what, what he has to bring to the table in a few mm-hmm. years. Yep. No, no, he has been faithfully preaching and proclaiming the scriptures for over fifty years, for, for decades. Yeah. Um, wonderful expositor of the word. Um, a little dispensational he, for he, yeah, my taste, but a little dispensational. And, and but he's, overall, good. he's made some comments about things that outside of scripture about women and stuff. That like, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think yeah. that's right. I think that's wrong. Um, but anyway, he along with the, the rest of the elders at their church have decided to to assemble and gather for Sunday morning worship. Yeah. And um, against the, the 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 mandates of the state and the city of Los Angeles. Yeah, because California is one of those states that opened back up. They shut mm-hmm. down, they opened back up, and now they're shut down again because there's been right. rising cases. Right. So so the back and forth, the state says you can't do this, and the, the elders are saying, you know what, we're going to do this. Yeah. And their rationale, which they we're going to link, put a link to their article. I'd really encourage you to read it of kind of the statement of why they've made this decision. But ultimately they believe that the state is prohibiting them from being obedient to scripture. Yeah. And what, what, what passage of scripture in particular? Are they saying that the state is? Yeah. Sorry. Like, like you're saying that they believe that the state is preventing them from being obedient to scripture. What passages of scripture, just in case people were curious. So um, the assembling of together, which Hebrews tells us to do. Yep, Hebrews ten. Um, the gathering for the for the teaching and the edification. Uh, was we, I think Colossians, or uh, first First Timothy six. Um, I'm, I'm guessing now at this point, if I can look at the article. Anyway, I'm not going to go through and dig through the article. But no, no, no. I mean, but I'm, there, the Hebrews ten one is what I was getting at. Yeah. So we are commanded to, to assemble and to gather and to proclaim and, and to practice the ordinances, right? Um, so the Grace Community Church is saying, hey, the, the state is prohibiting us from doing that with undue cause. This is the important part, undue cause. Because back in the spring, the church was very complacent, or compliant, not complacent, compliant, <laughs> said, yeah, we will do that. We're going to not gather. We're going to um, be respectful of all those things. But as things have developed, the mandate to, to kind of quarantine and not gather has lasted much longer. And the evidence, this is where it gets highly debatable, with, but... I don't think they're unjustified, but I, I'm not saying they're right either in their opinion. But it does seem to be that COVID-19 is not as radically lethal as we thought it was. Yeah. And so with those things in mind, the church has said, hey, we're going to gather. We're going to pra- begin to practice civil disobedience. And they knew what they were going to do or what was going to come. The state has now said, okay, we're going to sue John MacArthur and the church. Oh, and the church has hired a, a legal team to defend them and like all these things they knew were, were going to happen. They had yeah. to know these things were going to happen. I mean, a church their size and some right. of the platform that MacArthur has. Exactly. So these things are happening um, and they're practicing civil disobedience. Now, the hard part of that is there are some Christians who are saying, man, it's about time someone finally stood up and was, you know, faithful to the scripture and, you know, be obedient. And I would say, man, that's, 
that's not the kind of reaction you should yeah. have. Be- because I would say as, as a church who, you know, in our state, it's okay for us to gather, but that doesn't mean we have to defy every order. You know, mm-hmm. Grace Community Church was not wrong to close their doors for a season in mm-hmm. the spring. It's yeah. not wrong. So to say, well, I'm glad you're finally being obedient. No, that is wrong because you're putting uh, the responsibility or you're blaming them for even being silly obedient for yeah. any amount of time. So here we have this situation in our culture, in our, you know, this summer where one church, a large church, well-known pastor decides, that, hey, we're going to civil practice civil disobedience. And there's a plethora of thoughts about this. So this is what we kind of just want to talk on for a moment yeah. uh, as we talk to civil disobedience is a situation between Grace Community Church and then a great article by Jonathan Lee from Nine Marks and just giving some thoughts. And his encouragement in the article isn't so much, hey, John MacArthur and, and Grace Community Church, they're wrong for doing what they're doing. He's just saying, hold up, let's let's think about a few other things. And then, and this is the important part, let's create space. Let's make sure there's space here for, for us to disagree. Yeah, We're in different states. We're in different contexts. Even if you're in the same state, you might have different size congregations, different um, different demographics in your congregation. So we need to be really gracious with one another and not be so dogmatic. Yeah, that's, that's one of the things that <clears throat> I so appreciate about uh, Nine Marks as a ministry mm-hmm. in general. Um, for those of you who aren't familiar, ninemarks.org, they... Uh, provide resources for pastors to to help lead healthy churches. And um, one, one of the things that they're especially good at, which I've just noticed, I, I, their podcast, Pastors Talk, is one of the, my favorite podcasts to listen to. They are, in just the tone of their articles when they write, they are so good at um, extending charity mm-hmm. to those who they disagree with, to um, uh, allowing there to be nuance within the conversation. There are other ministries out there that that I agree with, for the most part, but I'm just not a huge fan of some of their material because of the tone in which they write mm-hmm. can be very much so. Um, feel, it can almost feel angry. Yeah. And so the way that the guys at Nine Marks write, the way that they release their material, they they everyone knows where they stand, but they do an excellent job mm-hmm. of providing nuance and charity yeah. and grace and room for disagreement. Yeah. And and we live in a day and age where that is, it's it's, it's so almost, rare. It's almost anathema to give someone a, a little bit of space to clear themselves, or yeah. or a little bit of nuance in an issue. It's yeah. everything has to be black and white. So, yeah. and so and I that's really what, appreciate that. That's what Lehman's doing yeah. in this article to yeah. to back your point. Mm-hmm. He's essentially saying, I'm not saying that they're wrong, right? But they're let's let's have a little bit of room for variance here mm-hmm. because I think it would be. I think a church could come to a different con- conclusion mm-hmm. and still be faithful. And we had Jonathan Lehman on, on our episode yeah. or on our podcast last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, last May or something like that. May Talk about a weekender. They do a yeah. weekender, but um, really great dude. Mm-hmm. Thinks about the church really well. Yeah. And so part of what Jonathan was responding to was what came out of Grace, this letter that the elders sent out. And just one part of it says, this is from Grace Community Church, says, our prayer is that Every faithful congregation will stand with us in obedience obedience to our Lord as Christians have done through the centuries. Okay, so so if you just read that face value, just you might think what they're saying is all churches now need to practice civil disobedience. I mean, the, the verbiage. And maybe they are saying that. Maybe they are, but I mean, it, you could easily come to that conclusion because they're saying that um, our prayer is that every, every faithful, faithful stand congregation, right. insinuating that they are being faithful, will mm-hmm. stand with us. So they're saying, right. be faithful, stand with us 
because that is where obedience to our Lord um, yeah. is, is done. And that, so that could very well be what they're trying to say. They're also maybe saying, we just really want churches to think well about this as yeah. the pandemic continues, as things are progressing. Think well about this. Yeah. But this this little line here started a lot of conversation for for churches and for Christians of you know do we all need to stand? Do we you know because part of civil disobedience is that uh, communal collective idea like mm-hmm. there's enough of people doing this to kind of sway or influence the authority. Yeah. Um, so Jonathan Lehman writes uh, this article and essentially saying, well, hold up, like we, we can be faithful and stand. Uh, for Christ without necessarily following the exact same pattern as John MacArthur and Grace Community Church. Yep. And um, Be, he, well, just some some background there. Mm-hmm. Like you said, uh, Grace Community Church in uh, Southern California, Los, Los Angeles. Angeles. Yeah. Um, they they are permitted to meet outside. Mm-hmm. In I mean, they're a mega church. They're a very large church, and so the state has given them the freedom to meet outside. Mm-hmm. But to their defense, it's also summer in Southern California. So right, that's, there's that's a whole lot be, of space. It's got a whole lot of green space. In not LA. a lot of green space, and it's going to be like a hundred plus degrees. Uh, Jonathan Lehman, right. Nine Marks, they're located in the D.C. area. Jonathan mm-hmm. Lehman goes to Chevrolet Baptist Church, just outside of the D.C. area. They, they, and Capitol Hill Baptist Church, who's also uh, obviously very tied with Nine Marks, they have the freedom to meet outside. Um, D.C. doesn't, but just outside in, in Virginia, they can. Mm-hmm. And so they are saying that not necessarily. Do you have to meet inside indoors? Uh, but you can meet outside. Right. But again, to Grace Fellowship or Grace Fellowship to Grace Community Church's defense, Southern California is a is a little bit different meeting yeah. outside than Virginia. Right, and and they it's just you know, and even beyond that, I think that John MacArthur and the church are saying we really don't see the, the precedence anymore yeah. for you forcing us to exactly. be closed. Um, but yeah, there are other options. And that's what Lehman kind of lays out four points. And he says, one, like you can meet outside. You can, um, what several churches are doing, I think J.D. Greer's church, like, all right, let's just divide into really small congregations yeah, yeah. That, that meet the criteria. So this is where a conversation of minimal ecclesiology has come into. And there's going to be differences of opinion on that, but divide into smaller congregations that, Meet within the the for a season, not necessarily for, for now until you know twenty twenty five, but for a season. Yep, that's one option. Um, to maybe continue to keep the gospel witness in mind, right? So you heard a lot about this when stuff began to kind of shut down. Like we need to be a good witness to our neighbors, and and this is still a good point. Like we do need to be a good witness. Like what if it's it's relatively easy, or I should say, um, it's not tremendously hard for us to meet outside or to 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 stay within the confines of the of the mandate if that's possible maybe that would um help continue help us to be good witnesses to our neighbors lehman's talking about business owners and people whose their livelihoods are laid off their companies are shut down they're they're going under and here's the church is just like well we're just going to disobey and we're going to do our own thing and it's like yeah. is that is that a, a good witness and, and ultimately again we don't bow to the idea of we have to be gospel witnesses. We bow to Christ, yeah. but keeping our gospel witness in mind. His third point is, and this is a really good one, is this the best time to flex our this muscle? This this one resonated with me. Right, because we, as our culture is shifting, as the church, and we see this in Nevada with, with casinos and entertainment stuff happening, but the, but the Supreme Court wouldn't take up the case of the church. They're not allowed to gather. Yeah. 
like clear, clear discrimination. Mm-hmm. That's different than California, right? So anyway, I, I think his question, Lehman's question, is this the best time to flex this muscle? Is this the best time to really start the whole civil disobedience? Yeah. Because it will happen. Yeah, there, there are is other issues, coming. the LGBT issue. Yeah, right. Um, I mean, just various different things that are coming down the yeah. pipe. That I mean, I even think of healthcare. Mm-hmm. Uh, that yeah. that is still going on with yep. little sisters of the poor. Like all of these things that we probably sooner or later going to have to flex that muscle on. Yep. Is this during a pandemic the best muscle? The best time to flex that muscle? Right. And it's not. It's not to say that I, I disagree with the other points. I actually agree with the other points. I agree in large part with Lehman's article. Um, it, but this one especially resonated with me because, yeah. like, the church has waning. Mm-hmm. social capital right and what we do have as as culture begins to disdain um christianity and followers of christ more and more and more what we do have do we want to expend it mm-hmm. on this in the midst right. of a pandemic like you said when business owners are failing when uh, right. businesses are going out like is this the time for us to yeah to flex and, this muscle? and he's saying maybe it is yeah exactly but think about it yeah. Um, and then his f- fourth point, which is interesting, he said there's, there is actually some jurisdiction overlap here. He's saying just like a church um, heeds fire code and building codes, right? So we don't have this autonomy just to build a building however we want because, right, we're, we we build it with overlap from the state. And so a state does have some jurisdiction over its citizens, Yeah. not ultimate, but there is overlap Similarly, as a church has jurisdiction over its members, mm-hmm. um, you know, a, he used the example of a parent. So a parent has jurisdiction over their child, yep. and they're allowed to discipline their child for that, for for something that's their their authority. But if they, it crosses over into abuse, the state can step and say, "Hey, they're actually also a citizen of the of our yeah. of our state." So we have some authority here too. Yeah, and you don't have full autonomy just to to do whatever you want with this child. Mm-hmm. So there's some overlap and. and Again, some people would say, well, there, there shouldn't be any overlap because the state should stay out of everything. And some people should say the state should be involved in everything, right? Well, where we're at right now, there is overlap. And so far, it has served us well. Uh, probably more well than not well. If it, yeah. That's a, yeah. a lazy way of saying that. But it served us well uh, for the most part. And so ultimately, Jonathan Lehman's response to Grace Community Church is, hey, that isn't necessarily the the wrong thing to do. Lord bless you. But here's some other thoughts as well, because he doesn't want all these other churches just jumping in saying, hey, hey they're all wrong or they're all right. Yeah. And so for us, as believers, as churches, as we said a minute ago, we do think the day is coming where we will have to practice civil disobedience. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we need to be prepared. What's going to be the cultural ramifications? What's going to be the legal ramifications? Um, are, are we... Are we ready for that? Uh, are we ready to be fined, to be uh, sued, to be imprisoned, yeah. um, you know, or or as time progresses, to be beaten, to be martyred for our faith? And we believe the Lord will give us strength as well when those times come. But this whole idea of, of civil dif- disobedience, it's difficult. We haven't really had to grapple with it much as a, as culture. Yeah, we've been, we've been fortunate. Um, as Christians, um, I would say our, our African-American brothers and sisters have. Yeah. They've, yeah. You know, they've dealt with that more than we have as as a part of the white community. Um, 
but this is new, some new territory for church-wide civil disobedience. So yeah. think well about it. Elders, pastors, leaders need to be thinking well about it and need to be in prayer. They need to be gracious with each other, uh, allowing for there to be different opinions drawn, um, knowing ultimately that we're, we're, we're pointing to Christ and we want to show others the love of Christ. We want to love well yeah, so, uh, those so, around us. So what would be some helpful ways? So we're we're agreeing with Jonathan Lehman in his article where he's kind of saying, hey, um, yes, Lord bless you guys for, for doing this. Not saying you guys are wrong by any means, but that phrase where you're saying, um, we wish that all faithful mm-hmm. congregations would stand with us. Um, here, here's some things to think about for other congregations who mm-hmm. are also faithful who may come to a different conclusion. Doesn't mean that they're not being faithful. He lays out a good argument there. So for let's say the pastor listening, or even the the lay person listening, because mm-hmm. there's probably more lay people listening than pastors. Um, what would be a good litmus test for, hey, this mm-hmm. is when I need to practice some civil disobedience? Yeah, and so this is, um, there's an app, we talk about nine marks, and there's, like, we're not ashamed to say that we're heavily influenced by nine marks yeah, and yeah. their stuff. And we listen to their podcasts. One, they talk about one on civil disobedience. Um, and in that, one of their pastors, Bobby Jameson has a quote, and I don't know where he got it or if he made it up, but he said that um, when the state prohibits what God commands, so this is when we practice civil disobedience, when the state prohibits without, un, without undue cause or reason, when the state prohibits what God commands, so we practice it then, or when the state commands what God prohibits yeah. or forbids. So when either of those things are happening, we would say, okay, uh, again, with, without any kind of undue reason, they're just yeah. arbitrarily Global doing pandemic, this. There's some gray there. Yeah, we can understand that for a, for a short amount of exactly, time, for, for a season. season. Um, so when those things are happening, one of those things are happening or multiple, those things, multiple things are happening like that. We have to say, you know, our final authority is Jesus. Mm-hmm. I do not stand before the president of the United States and give an account for my life. Yeah, amen. I don't. I, I stand before my Savior, Jesus Christ. And my hope, which will become a reality, is Jesus will set all things right. Yeah. So whatever injustice I experience, whatever suffering I endure, what, all those things they may never be vindicated or made right on earth. But my hope is, in, is that Christ will set all those things right. Yeah, and that's good. And, and again, just to clarify, we're not, we're not at all saying that Grace Community Church is wrong for making the decision that they made. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, their elders thought about it, prayed about it, spent a lot of time thinking about how to uh, respond, how to go about this. And we trust that the Holy Spirit is leading that congregation and is giving the elders wisdom on how to lead the congregation. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also ag- agree much so with Lehman in saying mm-hmm. that faithfulness may look different for other churches mm-hmm. in different contexts. Yeah. Just, I mean, California, especially Southern California, it's, it's a different area mm-hmm. than Iowa, yeah. than Wisconsin, than Ohio, than Florida. It's, I mean, it's, it's different. And so therefore... Um, there needs to be some nuance. There needs mm-hmm. to be some in grace. So absolutely, no play on words with Grace Community Church. Mm. No, and and you know, yeah, we we agree that there, the grace and um, charity, yeah, we need to win out in the end, and they will. And dude, praise God for John MacArthur and his boldness to be able yeah. to take that stand. And their clarity of their their article, or their yeah. their letter uh, is beautiful. I mean, yeah, like I mean, it's wonderful. I would, I hope and pray that I will be as bold as a man like John MacArthur mm-hmm. um, throughout 
my days in ministry that I would yes. not necessarily, whether I'm afraid or not, but that I would still step out in faithfulness, mm-hmm. whatever that may look like in my context, yes. um, as John MacArthur feels that he has. He is a bold man. He is. Not a bald man. Hmm, he is not. He, man, for that guy's age, he's got a great head of hair. <laughs> guy's got a mane. Oh, Tell man. Tell you what. Good grief. Well, hey, we appreciate you guys listening and tuning in. Um, as always, you're you're welcome. We'd love to connect with you. We can do that um, through social media. With uh, We're on Instagram at Simple Theology Pod. We're on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Simple Theology. Um, you can use the hashtag Simple Theology Pod as well. Um, love to connect with you guys that way. You're also just... Come check out the website, simpletheology.org. You can check out our episodes. You can find some more information about us. We have an about page with a picture that's been, it's the OG. It is is old. We need to get a new picture. Um, So check out when when Rob and I were younger and thinner. It's a great picture. Um, (laughs) And then you can always email us at info at simpletheology.org. Again, it's info at simpletheology.org. We'd love to hear if you have questions or responses or whatever. You can also use the old telephone. Use the old I know it's dial tone. Sitting, mounted up on the wall yep. in the kitchen with the sixteen-foot cord. Mm-hmm. All right, so pull that thing off and uh, put one piece up to your ear. That's right. Grab the other piece because we know there's two pieces. <laughs> okay. uh, we know you have that kind of phone, and hold it up to your mouth. That's right. And That's then take the thing and just ring it around yep. five or six times yep. and say, "Operator, mm-hmm. <laughs> Robert connect me Kane. with this number: six one four two three three. 1098. Again. Got your pen? Got your paper? <laughs> 614 233 1098. Love to hear from you guys. We appreciate you tremendously. Peace. Peace. Peace.